This is Clutch Fans. And by the way, shout out to the Clutch fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty. Well, <laughs> here we are. Uh, I am here with a good friend, uh, Mr. M.K. Bauer from Culture Map Houston, and we are out here on the Toyota Center floor, maybe an hour or maybe two after the uh, Rockets game one loss, stunning loss in overtime, 122 to, to 120 uh, to the Portland Trailblazers, and um, MK, first of all, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Dave. Oh, you bet, and uh, I, I just want to ask, you know, what, what the hell did we just see here? It, it, it's stunning, really, and, and the one thing that, that strikes me as I was going back through my notes and, and writing my story was that the Rockets had double-digit leads in the second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, and scored the first six points on back-to-back three-point plays in overtime and still lost. And and that's really mind-blowing when you think about uh, the the effort it takes to get home court advantage and and all the histrionics and the pushing and the pulling and the injuries and the trade demands and everything that happened to get to this point. And, And you work for it and you earn it. And then, you know, you're really in position three separate times to win this game or at least knock Portland out in game one and maintain home court advantage, and you give it away. I think, you know, we, we, we were all on top of them blowing the lead in the fourth quarter. But just kind of reviewing that they had that lead again in the second and the third, and then even sitting next to you in overtime, back-to-back three-point plays, you're like, oh, that's it. And they gave, eight, they gave up eight points in a heartbeat. So, you know, out of all the things that kind of went wrong, their inability to, to, to be strong with the lead is what what resonates for me, and, and it's going to haunt them for the next two days as they get ready for the game, too. I think you're absolutely right. I think defensive stops is where they just got uh, just smoked. I mean, obviously, the collapse in regulation is is the big one. Up 11 uh, with with about four minutes left to go, uh, and in the final four minutes, Portland runs off 19 points uh, to force overtime, and all 19 of those points. In fact, the final 25 points uh, of regulation for the Blazers were scored by uh, Lamarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, how much is Hacker Howard responsible for what we saw there in that collapse? It played a key role. You're up 11 with 4.30 left after Howard makes the first two free throws. And then you give away two possessions after that by him going 0 for 4. And we've talked at length about this, that it's not just about him missing the free throws. It's about empty possessions and giving the other opportunity, the other team an opportunity to extend the game. And that was what Terry Stotts referenced at the end, in, in, in the post-game press conference, extending the game. Like, it's 4.30, but let's make that the longest four minutes and 30 seconds possible in terms of multiple possessions, in terms of multiple opportunities. And the key thing for them, obviously, was just being in attack mode. It was interesting. You know, Howard misses the four free throws. Mikhail concedes and pulls him out of the yeah, game. That's what I was Which he hadn't about. done all year, if I'm not mistaken. And then Portland just attacked the rim without Howard there. And, you know, and I spoke about this. I'm not to get off the topic here, but, you know, asking Mikhail about this pregame, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is a problem. He's been a problem for this roster all year. I asked him 
specifically, what can you do to address how big of an issue he's been relative to the other issues that they pose because they're such a good offensive team? And he talked about, yeah, well, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. And you can't give up 46-18 and 18 to the guy that you know is the best guy on the team and he's been killing you. You have to throw everything possible at him. And I thought there were just too many times tonight they left Terrence Jones on the island to guard him, and Terrence Jones is incapable of guarding LMA. So, yeah, with everything that happened, I don't know how you solve it because I, I'm, I firmly believe, and I tweeted this tonight during the game, they don't have the answer on their roster presently to deal with him. But saying that, you can't give up 46-18 and 18 to LMA. You just can't. You know, I think they came into the game thinking Ashik was going to be that turn two answer. He came into the game, picked up, you know, as you pointed out, three fouls in three minutes. I, I thought two of them were, were pretty much touch fouls. In fact, I thought three fouls were, I think, called on him tonight on offensive. Uh, him, him trying to set a screen, and he was called for moving screens. Um, tough, but you, you can't blame him necessarily on the officiating, even though that was a huge theme tonight. The fans were uh, absolutely on the officials all night. Um, but you're, I think you're absolutely right when you look at that collapse in regulation. Uh, you know, they, they pull Howard. It's still a five-point game, but you come in, Harden turns it over. Uh, Lillard just went right around Lynn to score, as you pointed out, because no Howard's there, so Lillard attacks the basket. Lynn turns it over, uh, and then Aldridge the three-point play, and, that, and it's a tie game, and suddenly that, that double-digit lead is just wiped out in, in no time. And so uh, that's something I think the Rockets are going to have to to look at how they're, you know, being able to get those stops when you have to pull Howard or, or what have you, that's that's going to be, I think, a big problem. As far as Aldridge, I, I, I don't know what they do. I, you know, whether it's Ashik or, uh, you know, we see more of Ashik on him. Some of those shots Aldridge hit, a couple of threes were just bananas. Exactly. Yeah. Just just crazy shots. But I got to tell you, you know, you, you pointed out how when they pulled Howard, um, you know, the, the Blazers smartly attack the basket. I, I, I'm going to jump ahead now to overtime. Rockets down one. They have the ball with 17 seconds left. And Harden has the ball in his hands, something I feel extremely comfortable with. And he quickly takes a three. What Did you understand the reasoning for that at all? Yeah, I was a little bit miffed by that. Um, and not, I should set the table just, just by pointing out that Aldridge and Lopez had both fouled out. Yeah, They're out of the game. Yeah, and... and I thought all night long he did a pretty poor job of being aggressive and attacking the rim. And, and Parsons, too. You know, Parsons hit that hot streak in the second quarter and then became really passive in the second half with just taking jumpers and really not, really not being aggressive in terms of, of attacking the rim. And um, Lopez wasn't great defensively tonight, and I think the Rockets really left a lot of points on the board. And that's saying a lot considering they had 58 points in the paint. They could have had so many more if they were just more aggressive in terms of getting to the rim. We saw flashes of it with Jeremy Lin late in the second half getting to the rim. And it would have been nice in that spot to see Harden do it. It would have been nice to see Parsons do it once the, the Blazers switched Aldridge on Parsons when Aldridge picked up his fifth foul and they were trying to hide him defensively. I thought Parsons was way too passive in that spot. Either it's him, the teammates, the coaching staff. You have to recognize circumstances and situations. I thought they did a terrible job there. But, again, to your point, um, I just thought all night long, Harden was kind of in this passive mode of not really being aggressive, filling out his offensive game, like selling for too many three-pointers, getting mid-range and pump faking, trying to draw fouls. You know, there was opportunities there tonight to get to the rim that he didn't take. 
And sometimes you just got to push the issue, particularly against a poor defensive team, make them break down. And as bad as Portland has been defensively all year, the Rockets did not make them break down through the course of this night. They settled for a lot of jump shots, and I just thought overall they were very passive offensively. You know, I, I thought even though this was a game one, and there's uh, this series is long, I think the Rockets are certainly capable of winning this series, so I don't want to make it sound like this. But this reminded me of game seven. Uh, against the Jazz in the, in the 2007 playoffs where I, th- I felt like the Rockets had a much stronger superstar duo uh, and that I really didn't consider Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer to be superstars and they, I thought they really outperformed uh, Yao and T-Mac in that series and that's in that final game and that's what tonight reminded me of. Harden and, and Howard both came up short. Lillard and Aldridge uh, really dominated down the stretch um, and again, like I said, it's not... Uh, the series isn't necessarily over, but that's what it reminded me of tonight. It's almost like a wake-up call where these guys are much better than I think some of us maybe thought. It set an ominous tone in the sense that I thought Howard was very, very passive early. He came on strong late, but he had set such a bad tone in terms of how he played. And then the chippiness with, with Lopez was kind of unnecessary. And again, you know, Harden has to be better in terms of showcasing his all-around game. The one thing that struck me about Lillard, to the point you're making, is that he wasn't just taking a bunch of threes. He was going to the cup. Um, he was challenging Howard to, to be a shot blocker defensively. And you have to do that. Yeah, Howard had four blocks. But you know what? Lillard pressed the issue offensively. And the same onus has to be on Harden to do the same thing. And if... if, if Howard is going to struggle scoring consistently over Robin Lopez, then they're going to have problems. And and I know that he's had good numbers against Portland this year, but in the same vein, I've seen him, you know, I don't want to say cower, but have issues with going through or around Lopez consistently, and that can't happen. You can't have Dwight Howard, who shot nearly 60% from the floor this year, go 9 for 21 from the floor. That, that's the second most shot attempts he's taken all year. Every other time he's taken that many shot attempts, he had a good offensive game. I don't think this qualified as a good offensive game, given that he missed 12 shots and that he also missed, what, eight free throws. That's a problem. So, you know, he has to be more efficient. Harden has to be more aggressive in the paint. Or you're going to see what we saw tonight. Lillard and Aldridge consistently outplaying them. And if those two guys prove to be better superstars than your two superstars, then this series won't last very long at all. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm looking at this uh in, in the wrong way, but I do kind of look at this somewhat as a positive, given that the you know the, the putting the loss aside, that you went to OT and you lost by two points when James Harden goes eight for twenty eight. I don't think we're going to see that happen again. I, I, I just he's a better player than that. Three for fourteen from three point range, just just awful tonight uh, shooting the ball. Um, that's something I don't think we'll see happen in game two or very often in this series. Um, but there is some pretty big. Uh, bad news looming, and that's Patrick Beverly's injury. I mean, we saw him limping off off the court at the end of the game, and there were some sort of ominous quotes. Uh, you know, he's going to have an MRI tomorrow. Uh, Kevin McHale said in the post game that uh, you know we'll find out more tomorrow. And, and Dwight Howard made it sound like you know already the Rockets want to win it for Pat, like he could be out for a while. It's, it's a, they're calling it a right knee sprain, same knee that where he has the torn meniscus, how big of a blow would it be if the Rockets lose him in this series? I don't know how they win a series without him. Um, and I don't think he was particularly great tonight defensively. He was very disruptive in spurts and, and in spells, and I thought that helped them develop leads throughout the course of the game. They couldn't finish, but they got leads because he was just such a pest defensively through the course of the night. There's no way you defend Lillard without Beverly in the mix. You, you just can't. And the funny thing is, I thought Lynn 
gave a great effort defensively against Mo Williams, and I was terrified when that matchup manifested on the court a few times tonight. I thought he was just going to get killed, and he didn't. But you can't keep that responsibility on, on Lynn to guard Lillard. You can't put it on Parsons because he's not quick enough to guard Lillard. You sure as hell can't put it on Harden. So you're really out of options in terms of what you do with their best ball handler, their most aggressive shot maker, and their fearless leader in terms of backcourt production. Uh, that's the one thing that struck me tonight. Lillard has no fear. He, he's not scared of the moment at all. So if you don't have Beverly in your mix, at least disrupt him, or be a pass and do all the things that he does. I don't know how you, you offset what Lillard gives you defensively unless Lillard on his own goes into the tank. So everybody better have their fingers crossed that Beverly can find a way to get over this and, and play. You know, it, it's somewhat ironic that we watched the, the opening um, video and, you know, he, he lived up to this whole Wolverine thing with, with, the, with the blades coming out of his hands. Um, he better be Wolverine if, if the Rockets going to advance because they have to have them in this series at least relatively healthy to disrupt something of some of what um, Lillard does offensively. Yeah. You know, I think I think you're right. I think uh, I, I maybe give him a little bit better chance in this series. I certainly think their championship aspirations are gone without Pat Beverly. I think that – I mean, and whatever aspirations they had this year. I mean, I think it's still an up-and-coming team. I don't necessarily – didn't necessarily view them as title contenders this year. I think, you know, this matchup is not horrible for Lynn, but I don't think he has much of a chance of stopping Lillard. So I think uh, you're you're right on that. Uh, Three-point shooting. I know some of this was, was, I mean, a big part of this was Harden tonight, 3 for 14, but this team is tops in the league as far as you know, the quantity of shots, uh, three-point shots that they take uh, per game. And, made. and they, they finished first and made per game as well, which kind of surprised me when I did the research earlier today. Um, they, but they're just mediocre as far as efficiency. They, they've been mediocre all year. They've been hot and cold, which is a really troubling thing. You don't know when it's going to happen. Like they can come out, you know, Wednesday night and make 14, and we will, we will not see any of that coming because that's just been the, the par for the course for this team all season. I, I think they live with it. You know, they they've stuck to the script in terms of who they are offensively. First in the league in free throw rate. Um, they had more points in the restricted area. Field was made in the restricted area this season as compared to last season. And they finished the year first in three-pointers attempted and three-pointers made per game. That's just who they are. So, yeah, the efficiency numbers in terms of their three-point shooting were not as good this year as they were last year. But they're going to stick to that script. And, yeah, they took 35 tonight, and I thought probably that was six or eight too many given the course of the game and the team they were playing. But you can't make 14 unless you take 30, you know, to be legitimately honest. And I think if they're ever going to have that game where they make 14 and just blow Portland off the court, they got to keep shooting them. Um, 8 for 35 is not going to get it done. But I think that's more a product of just our overall lack of aggressiveness getting to the rim more so than missing three-pointers and that being the problem. 25 of those threes uh, were by Harden and Parsons, and, and they went 6 for 25 combined. And that's just not going to get it done. I think they depend so much on Parsons' three-point shooting. Uh, I don't want to say I'm surprised I didn't see Troy Daniels. I'm not surprised we didn't see him tonight, but we may see him in this series, uh, especially now with uh, with Beverly out. We may we, uh may see him come in for, for three-point shooting more because that's uh, that's been a problem. But, again, stops was probably the – getting stops was probably the overriding issue tonight. And I, and I think that impacts what happens next in terms of your rotation. You know, we're looking at eight deep tonight and no Caspi and, and no Hamilton and no Daniels and you know, no Demo. Yeah, okay, if, if your three-point shooting is going to be a problem, all those guys have a tendency to make three-pointers on occasion. Um, but who's going to stop who? If you bring those guys in, who are you asking them to defend? on this team. You know, it was interesting watching them not double team LMA because they knew he was gonna pass out of it and Portland has a gaggle of three point shooters on the floor. 
you have to trust your defensive players to make sure they're in the right spot on every occasion down the court. And I just don't know if any of those guys who did not play tonight, who played through the course of the season on some level, Daniels excluded, can be trusted to defend consistently enough to not let those guys, Batum, Matthews, Lillard, whoever, Mo Williams, get open looks from behind the arc. That's going to be the problem because I think the next thing that's coming up, even Aldridge mentioned this in the post-game press conference, maybe they front him a little bit more, break some backside help. Well, if he gets the ball, he's going to pass out of it. And, and if you're going to front or you're going to rotate guys over, guys going to be open. And they, they have to make sure that every rotation they make defensively is sound and solid. They cannot give up a bunch of open looks to these guys. Yeah. So it's it's so disappointing because I, mean, I still remember looking with about four minutes left in the game. Portland was in the 80s, and I thought, wow, you know, they're going to hold them to under 100 points tonight. And, uh, you know, I thought they were ended up doing a pretty good job defensively overall and uh, amazing how this turned out. How much of this was I – mean, I don't think it was a massive issue, but there were – certainly a handful of uh, suspect calls in this game and, and, and the fans were just absolutely right and the, the officials as you saw all night how much of that was a big deal especially that Howard call at the very end on that rebound I think it was over overly officiated and and, it, and I hate talking about officiating because this is long as I've watched basketball I've always had to steer clear of it and maybe it's because I've, I don't have a dog in, in the hunt um, on, on any level with the NBA but I thought the officials almost made a concerted effort tonight to, to wrangle control of the game and not let it get into the 120s. That's just the way it felt like to me. Like they were going to make sure that they played a key role in how the game was played, and that didn't need to happen. There were a lot of calls both ways that I thought that didn't need to be made. I thought the sixth foul on Robin Lopez was just a phantom call. I thought Howard traveled. There was nothing there. And it just sort of fell over and yeah. barreled in. And yeah. it was weird seeing a lot of these things kind of take place, like the, the, the officials you know, injecting themselves into the proceedings. And it just it seemed like it was, it was forced and it was contrived and it was unnecessary. So hopefully they look at their performance. And I know these guys can evaluate it game by game. They understand, you know what, we were a little bit too active tonight. Let's back up a little bit. If it gets chippy, let's get involved. But I think the, the level of play and the fluidity of the game was fine if the officials didn't break it up so much. And I, and I hope that that plays a bigger role, them stepping back in game two than it did tonight because I thought they were way too involved both offensively and defensively. Well, I, should, I should say for both Portland and Houston. You know, and I think you're right about that because I think the officials, I mean, they, the Rockets had not shot a single free throw in the, in the uh in the first half, and I mean, they ended up shooting uh, 40 free throws. Which I mean, is a remarkable number, considering you went 24 minutes without one free throw attempt. Exactly. I think the, I think the officials, because the third quarter, I don't know how many they had, the Rockets had in that quarter, but they had a ton of free throws, and I think the officials looked at that like, wow, like, you know, we, we, we might have messed up there in the first half, or we need to compensate. Somehow, I think you, you, you nailed it there, and that they were over-officiating this game. They were in- injecting themselves into the game more than I think they needed. Even the hardened shot attempt that led to the two free throws that gave the Rockets a lead late in the game, I thought was phantom. I, it, there was really nothing there. And it, it's unfortunate. I don't. Officials should be invisible. And I know th- th- this is folly when we think about that, but you know, I just don't want to see these guys in, in, in a game this, of this magnitude. We were all excited about this series and we thought great things were going to happen. You know, let's let's minimize their presence in this, and let's just enjoy, you know, Lillard and Aldridge and Howard and Harden, and not be talking about these guys after a game of this magnitude. Okay, last question before I let you go: Is possible? Is this a blessing in disguise? Maybe I'm look, thinking back to the championship Rockets too much, but is this sort of a wake-up call for the Rockets, and in, in the sense that now this is this is a test for them that they are. Uh, we're going to see what they're truly made of, and that uh, you know whether they just curl up in the fetal position and. and and, and you know, let this series go, or they respond, come out. They're going to have to win a game on the road, obviously, in this series to win it. 
uh, what do you think? Is that something that we might? Uh, is, is this a possible blessing in disguise for well, this team? I thought you made the salient point. It, it's all eyes on Hart. You know, he has to be better. You know, he. I thought he was spectacular this season, particularly after the All Star game. I thought he made that next step in terms of true superstardom, in terms of the scoring efficiency and the assist. He has to be better. You can't shoot eight for twenty-eight in game one at home of a playoff series when there are no other games on TV. It's late night. Everybody's enjoyed the entire weekend. All eyes are on this game. You have to be better than that. And yeah, it's not a matchup, a cross matchup with him and Lillard, but that's the comparison. It's going to be Howard and Harden, Lillard and Aldridge, and you can't give up that sort of ground to a second-year player making his first postseason start. Think about that. You know, Harden has been in the NBA Finals. He's led a team to the playoffs last year. He got help with Dwight Howard this year. He has to be better than that. So with everything else that, that goes on, with maybe the Rockets having to view themselves in the mirror and saying we got to step it up a notch, Harden has to step it up several notches to be better than he was tonight. And I think the rest of the team will follow if he is. This is basically an elimination game on Wednesday? Absolutely. You cannot afford, even though Portland wasn't super scary at home this year, you can't afford to go back to the great Northwest down 0-2. Thanks so much, man. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And, Let's uh, eat, Dave. <laughs> absolutely. You can follow MK on Twitter if you, if you don't already at Moisica Penda, uh, M-O-I-S-E-K-A-P-E-N-D-A. Bingo. All right. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you here soon. Yeah.